You're listening to Stroke Help Center Podcast with Dr. Michael Hogue. This is episode number 13. Hi friends and thank you for joining. It means so much to me that you've tuned in and that you've been listening to my podcast and that I've been able to help some of you. And I also appreciate the feedback that I've received. Thank you so much for that. Now in this podcast I wanted to give you some information about the most common issue that I face when helping people. And the issue is with their minds. Not with their brain per se, but with their thinking, the way that they see the world. And so the number one issue is that people, they, uh, they see the value in the program and maybe they start to use it, but then things take over for them and it, it stops them from continuing. This is the kind of thing where you need to be dedicated for a number of weeks, maybe, before you see results. Uh, actually, results come quicker than that, but you might not recognize them until a number of weeks have passed. And so it's one of these things where you've got to have a really sharp mind. And this is the kind of thing that previously I have just thought, well, I haven't considered it my responsibility to help people with their minds, and I've just always taken it for granted that people need to be committed to the program, and I'm looking for people who are committed. But my experience has told me that a vast majority of the people who I have the ability to help are not able to receive the help unless I personally administer the exercises to them or unless we help them with their mind. Well, when it comes to your mind, the fact is, anytime that you're about to do something really wonderful that your mind, that you haven't done before, what happens is you you start to tell yourself that this is not going to work. It's not going to be successful. And you kind of talk yourself out of it. And what you're doing is you're forecasting the future based upon a change in your behavior. And so the predicting areas of your brain say there's no information about this and so they don't know what to predict upon and the natural tendency is to land on something negative and so if we want to be successful we really have to take control of our minds and this is something that is more than just willpower. Willpower is not enough. We need to, first off, dedicate regular time to sharpening our minds. And so this would include regular planning sessions, both with yourself 
and the other people in your life who are important to you, who, who have a regular interaction with you. And so you're planning those things that are most important. And then secondly, with that planning is prioritization. What are the most important things for me right now in my life? And then beyond the prioritization comes the visualization. You've got something that you want. And so how do you visualize that thing that you want? And so what happens is as you are able to think about the situation that you truly desire, then your, your mind and your body is able to actually create the, the chemicals and the thoughts and the emotions that put you in that space. It's this imaginative process, but it's so much more than that. What happens is, as you imagine something, and as you get to the point where you begin to actually believe that it's true, and as you get to the point where you actually believe that it's going to happen soon... And as this thing is something that's very important to you, then what it does is it wakes up the brain through the basal ganglia and through a nucleus in the brain called the pedunculopontine nucleus. And so when this nucleus gets activated, it sends messages all the way into, through the brain stem and all the way up into the entire brain it completely wakes you up and and focuses you so that you have the ability to actually do those things that you're planning to do it's a wonderful beautiful thing and so as you are preparing for something great whether it be rehabilitating the brain of someone you love who experienced a stroke or whether it be some other goal to you that's important in your life it's really really beneficial for you that you would take this time and I'd say daily really isn't enough I'd say if you could do it many times a day that it would be most beneficial and so what you would do is you you imagine the outcome. This is the thing that I want most. And these pie-in-the-sky kind of dreams, they're good and helpful with, with the way that they activate your brain. But something really important is that you actually are able to believe it. So... You need to find something that you really want that you can actually believe in reality. And if you can believe it in reality, then it will literally wake you up and set you up 
to succeed in this thing and give you the energy and the power and the commitment and the follow-through that you need in order to make it happen. So the number one thing that you can do for yourself is to set aside some time every day in which you plan for yourself. What are the most important things that I can do today during my discretionary time? Are the things that I've committed to, which I think are non-discretionary, are they actually discretionary after all? And am I still doing all the right things that I should be doing? What are the things that matter most to me today? And as far as rehabilitating your loved one's brain who survived a stroke, the most important thing that you can do is to spend an hour with them, if you have an hour, giving them exercises. Because these exercises, when repeated over time, are able to make long-lasting or even permanent changes in their brain. And the thing that you would not want to do is you would not want to exercise with your loved one once a month because that might be more or less a waste of your time because any changes that take place in the brain will have reverted long before you make it to the next exercise session. And so hopefully I can convince you that once you have committed to participate in an exercise program, that the best thing you can do is to keep that commitment and to remember that you're not necessarily committing to doing something for the rest of your life, but you might be committing just for six weeks or maybe three months or maybe six months or maybe a year. But it's not something that you need to keep doing all the time. And after you have completed a regimen, let's say that you're willing to do six weeks. After you have completed the six weeks, the strong likelihood is that you've made permanent changes at the end of that time period. So that if you stop doing it for a while... There may be some reversion, but there's also going to be some changes that are going to stick. And your loved one is going to be in a better place than they were before you started. And that is a wonderful, beautiful thing. And so the thing that you can do for your mind so that you can stay committed is this daily discipline of planning and prioritizing and visualizing taking the time to mentally put yourself in the place where you want to be i want to see my mother using her arm again i want to see her smile at me again i want her to respond to my questions or even to initiate conversation 
and you imagine her doing these things, and if it's so hard for you to believe that that will actually happen, then come up with things that you actually can believe. Mom actually was able to wiggle her finger today. And if you can believe that maybe she'd be able to do that, then that's a start. And maybe wiggling the finger isn't something that would get you extremely excited, but it is better than not being able to move at all. And it is one step on a long pathway toward a much bigger goal that has much more benefit to your mother. Now, the other thing that I want to talk about is what stops you from actually achieving success. And so as you think about it, there's there's some things that, that happen. And maybe you've committed that you are going to do this exercise program on your dad. And then you did it once, but then you didn't do it again. And you keep telling yourself, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, but then you never do it. And maybe this has happened to you. So, the thing that you, that, that might be helpful for you to do, if you're having trouble staying committed, is take a, take a note Jot it in your journal, your diary, or on your phone, or a piece of paper. The thought that you have when it comes time to do the exercise, but you decide to do something else instead. So, this is an opportunity to become more aware of yourself. As an example... You may have said, tomorrow at 3, I'm going to go over to Dad's house and we're going to do exercises together. So, tomorrow, 250 rolls around and maybe just the awareness makes you decide that you're actually going to do it. But maybe not. Maybe you go over there and at 250 you say to yourself, well, instead, I'm just going to um, play cards with mom or talk about stories or help her organize her house or perhaps I'm just going to be an emotional support today. So the thing that you can do is you can take a note of the thought that you have right when you decided not to follow through with your commitment that you made to yourself. And so there's a possibility that maybe the commitment that you made to yourself wasn't the right commitment. That's always a possibility. It is. 
And maybe the reason why it's not the right commitment is because you're neglecting something else that's very important in your life, such as comforting your mother. But as you think through it and you think to yourself, what is the consequence if I always go and comfort mother and dad never gets his movement back? What's the consequence there? And what's the consequence if I'm able to commit for six weeks to spend this quality time with dad and maybe even to have mom help me do it so that the two of us are doing it together. And so it could be that you're second guessing yourself. And so you need to think about that long and hard. Is it worth the effort? Is it worth the sacrifice? Is it worth the risk of maybe being wrong to commit to this for six weeks and if you're sure that you want to commit to it and when it comes time for you to do it and you come up with excuses this is the opportunity that you have to be aware of yourself so you write down the thought that you had that led you to this position of deciding not to keep your commitment that you made to yourself that you were going to do the exercises on your dad or your loved one who survived the stroke, whoever that may be. And then you can take that thought and you can analyze it and you can ask yourself, what was the real thing that prevented me from from doing it? And you might find some really deep beliefs that you have you might find that you're worried that maybe it won't work or maybe you're worried that it will work or maybe you are worried that you're wasting your time or maybe you're nervous because you're not actually sure that you know what to do or how to do it or that you have the skills to do it correctly there could be any number of thoughts that are coming upon you that make it so that you don't want to do this thing well that's good that you've identified the thought that is keeping you from from fulfilling your commitments that you make to yourself because in general it's very good if you're able to commit to keep the commitments that you make to yourself no matter what those commitments are this type of personal integrity actually blesses you in many 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 more ways than what it appears at the surface so the next thing that you need to do is you need to ask yourself what could I believe that would help me to 
overcome my limiting belief that I have. So, the the amazing thing here is that everything that you do in your life that you're motivated to do, you do it because you want to have a certain emotion. And it's this emotion that drives you towards all behavior. And you can think about this of all the th- all the ways that this maybe might not be true, but as you trace it far enough, I think you'll find that every motivator in your life is an emotion. You you want to feel correct, you want to feel smart, you want to feel good. You want to feel happy, you want to feel connected, you you want to feel popular. There everything you do is caused by some emotion. You don't want to feel shame. Well, emotions are never caused by anything outside of you. They're always caused by your thoughts. It's your thoughts that always causes your emotions, no matter what. You may say, well, no, people are are scoffing at me and laughing at me and criticizing me, digging my, my face in the mud, spitting on me. I mean, that's the thing that's causing me to feel bad. That That's something that would cause someone to feel bad, right? But actually, no. While there are not very many people who wouldn't feel bad under those circumstances, it is your own interpretation of the circumstances that causes you to feel the way that you feel. And the beauty of this is that because your thoughts 100% control your emotions, what this means is that you can change your thoughts, which will cause your emotions to be changed as well. And so... With this limiting belief that you've identified, the one that's preventing you from keeping your commitments to yourself, you can ask yourself, before you go and try to change anything, you can ask yourself, what is it that led me to believe the way I do? What are the things that have put me in this place and spend some time and and observe yourself with respect for yourself and as you do this you'll gain some appreciation because usually the thoughts and limiting beliefs that we have we have a really good reason for it 
And so once you've gained that appreciation for the reason why you feel that way or think that way, next you can find out what are the thoughts that I can have that will cause me to have more correct emotions that will help me to achieve the end result that I desire most. Mom to be happy. Dad to talk to me. Dad to tell jokes again. Dad to be able to be independent, to move his arms, to feed himself, to walk, so on and so forth. And then, as part of your daily routine that you've created for yourself, in which you plan and prioritize and visualize, visualize, you can actually take these points and bring them into that process to help fortify your ability to do what you believe is best. And if the truth is that you're unsure if it will really help or not... The truth is, even if it doesn't work, it's worth a shot because there's really no risk that anything bad might happen, but there is a chance, I'd say a very good chance, that something wonderful might happen in the next six weeks of a trial period. And wouldn't that be worth it? No real negative cost other than the effort that it takes for you to actually do something for six weeks to serve someone else. And if it doesn't work, then at least you gave it everything that you had. But if it does work, wow, you've got something that you didn't have before. So anyway... It is the thought patterns and beliefs of most of my clients that have not had success, which has led them to not perform the therapy, the the exercises. And from my experience, a vast majority of the people for whom I have not performed the exercises myself, they have gotten discouraged and stopped performing the exercises before they actually saw a benefit. I wish that I would have realized this much sooner so that I could have helped them to fortify their thought process so that they would have been able to continue on the process and actually see the results that I know are possible because I have done these techniques on many, many people over the years and I've seen the amazing, dramatic results which are so good that it's almost difficult to even believe. Well, thank you for joining me and I'll talk to you next time.